Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Guess what? Father's Day, rolling up soon, right around the corner. Mother's Day as well. Hey, the mother's on your list. I mean, my wife, she loves to hunt and fish. She loves the outdoors just practically as much as I do. So, if you're looking for a Mother's Day or a Father's Day gift, hey, we've got it at GreatDaysOutdoors.com. All you have to do is head on over to GreatDaysOutdoor.com and check out the best gifts for the outdoorsman in 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsman on your list. Just head on over to GreatDaysOutdoors.com slash outdoorsman to check it out. I'm your host, Brian Sand. Hope you guys are having a good week and enjoying some of this beautiful spring weather. Man, it has been so nice out there lately. I got a little cool front come through, but I'm not complaining because I know that hot weather's right behind it and uh, and we'll be begging for this cool front. So beautiful day out. Hope you guys have been able to get out and enjoy it, maybe doing a little fishing. So speaking of fishing, let's start this podcast for segment one, Coosa Talapusa Report with my man tucker smith tucker what's going on buddy hey man how are you i'm doing good man doing good enjoying this weather yes sir it's 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 pretty weather out here and i'm ready to go fishing soon (laughs) i hear that man well hey congratulations i know we talked about it on a show uh, a couple weeks ago but the auburn team gonna get back out there start competing again letting y'all fish so that's a big win man so congrats on that glad you guys stayed the course on that deal and uh and got that taken care of so congrats on that yes sir i appreciate it yep. we're super pumped and ready to get back out there uh we got everything figured out so we're gonna be back on uh, the road pretty soon and uh you know start the start the tournaments again awesome man well look i know you've been fishing you ain't been waiting on all this you've been still going out there fishing and i know that uh <laughs> Hey, well, first of all, man, I mean, the tournaments you've been fishing lately, I mean, you got a a three-time high school national championship. You got a lot of pressure on you to keep dominating out there. So how's it been so far this year? I mean, have you been able to fish many tournaments? Yes, sir, we have. Uh, We we fished a few FLW tournaments, uh, college, and uh, we fished one bass tournament, and we fished uh, the Southern Collegiate tournaments, and we've done pretty good in all of them so far we qualified for the national championship bass the bass national championship and at hartwell we got eighth there and then in uh florida we had a fow national i mean a fow tournament and we qualified for the fow national championship there we got 14th i think so we've been doing pretty good and then the southern collegiate tournaments we've got a first and or two-thirds and a fourth so we've been doing doing pretty good so far we you know want to keep the momentum going through the rest of the season absolutely i got high expectations for you i i need to i need to i know you're gonna be bringing in some top five so as you keep going but hey let's talk about fishing i know that you love fishing logan martin late 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 martin uh where you been fishing lately actually all those i mean i've been fishing martin a good bit the past a uh, couple weeks and then i've been fishing logan a little bit here and there and then i've got a tournament actually at lay this weekend so um i'm basically just 
hopping around everywhere right now. Well, what are the fish doing? What, what are they doing right now? Kind of, you know, what are you catching on? What's your kind of approach when you get there in the morning? Well, Martin, it's kind of, they're in that spawn to post-spawn transition right now. I've been catching a few here and there spawning, and a lot of fish are starting to move out in that 6 to 15-foot range in that transition area, and they're, they're you know, they're post-spawn starting to move out. So we're actually, I've been to Eufaula, and they're starting to be a shad spawn out there, so that should get pretty good um, pretty soon. And then Logan Martin and Lay, I've, I've been to Lay a little bit recently and uh, been fishing I usually fish up shallow this time of year, and I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to go practice Saturday and see how that is. But right now, I've, in the mornings, I've been looking for a shad spawn deal. And, you know, if you can find a good shad spawn deal in the in the, in the morning first thing, you can get right pretty quick. So uh, that's kind of my main target in the morning. And then as the day well, goes let's, on. Let, you know, me, let me stop you right there just for a second. Yeah. So when, when we're talking about you're going out, you're looking for a shad spawn. A lot of people, listeners to the show, may know exactly what to look for on that, but there may be some that that don't know exactly what to look for on a shad spawn. What are mm-hmm. you looking for? What's that visual sign that you're looking for that go, okay, shad spawn right there. Let's go fish it. First thing I look for, you know, the the birds like herons and uh, those white birds that eat shad. They they'll be standing on the banks, and you look for birds. What you really need to look for is where the baits flicker, and you'll see bait flickering in the grass or um up on the bank and sometimes they'll spawn even off the bank on hard stuff out you know off the bank so wherever you can see the the most shad that's where the fish is you know the fish are going to be and um just throwing shad imitators like spinner baits swim jigs top waters and stuff you know shad imitators and if you can find those right spots where those fish are eating on those shad and pushing them you know up against the bank or whatever you know you're going to catch you're going to catch your good quality fish first thing in the morning, usually during this time of year when they're starting to feed up on those shad. It gets tougher throughout the day, but that first morning bite's critical this time of year. So if you can find something like that, I don't, it hasn't, I haven't been delayed recently. I'm going up there this weekend. I'm going to see if there's a shad spawn going on, but on these southern lakes on Talapusa, there's a little bit of a shad spawn going on. So that's what I've really been targeting first thing in the morning. Like I know in Lake Martin, there's not a whole lot of grass. Uh, oh, I don't think of it as being a lot of grass there anyway. So are you looking mm-hmm. mainly, shall- you're looking for the shad spawn, you're looking mainly in the shallower water for the flickering on the surface for the birds, and then transition that over to Logan Martin or Lay Lake, you know, definitely more grass, Lay Lake for sure. Are you more looking for that flickering in the grass? Well, on, on lakes that don't have a lot of grass like Martin and uh, Logan Martin, you know, they'll, the shadow spawn on anything that's pretty, you know, that's that's hard, like a seawall, a dock, you know, floating dock, like something like that. That's where the shad usually spawn. And then in that in those grass lakes where you've got all the grass, like Lay and Eufaula and all that, all those lakes, you've, uh, the grass is kind of a, a big player with the shad spawn just because it's, you know, easy cover for them to go up and spawn real quick and then head back out. So that's that's kind of my approach on it. Awesome. Good deal. All right. So first thing in the morning, you're looking for the shad spawn. You're throwing spinnerbait, swim jigs. Then how do you transition? What are you transitioning to after that? Well, once the day gets going and the sun gets up there, it gets a little tougher. Um, you know, like, like at Martin, there's a few fish still spawning. You know, I'm just on those rock piles, hard banks, seawall points and stuff like that. You can go 
drag a worm, you know, throw top water over them and they'll come up off the bed and eat it and stuff like that. But, you know, the bite gets tougher this time of year later in the day. But yeah, if you, if you find that shot spawn first thing, you know, you can get right quick and then you can go looking for that one or two big bites after that and get, have a, have a pretty good bag for a tournament. Yeah, absolutely. So when you move out, let's say that you've looked for the, trying to catch some fish on the shad spawn or, or you're sight fishing maybe even for some bed fish and then you move back out maybe in six to 10 to 15 foot of water. Uh, are you changing your baits out there? Are you looking for something, you, you know, you're fishing different? Well, up shallow in the grass, obviously, you know, swim jig is uh, a really good bait. And then um, if I move offshore, you know, something like a swim bait, a deeper, you know, a heavier spinner bait, something like that. And also a jerk bait, like off those transition places is really good. If we're talking about Martin, you know, there's, I've been there a few times this past week and there are, you know, pre-spawners, there's spawning fish and there's post-spawners. So you can kind of do what you want to do out there and then i haven't really seen a, a shad spawn much on martin as i have on eufaula so you can still catch them better throughout the day at martin eufaula has been kind of like a morning a morning deal so yeah it's i mean it's all about getting those crucial key bites like if you're eufaula in the morning and then if you're at martin you know just kind of changing it up hitting transition stuff fishing shallow early in the morning and then if you can find some spawning fish you can find some big ones still on bed you know right now there's i know there's I've seen a few pretty big ones and caught a few big ones off bed at Martin uh, recently. So there's still a few on bed uh, to be caught. Good deal. And then, uh, you know, I know as, as the, as the temperature warms up, fish will start moving back out. And, and um, I know that's a, a time of the year that you enjoy as well and, and do good yeah, at. Too. So, man, that's, that's good stuff. Well, well, Tucker, if uh, for this week's Coosa Talapusa tip of the day, what is your tip of the day? My tip of the day would be find that shad spawn first thing in the morning. I mean, it's going to be pretty early. You can find that shad spawn and get around those fish, find the birds and see where the activity is and find those better quality fish. You know, you're, you're going to catch some big fish and, you know, you're going to you're going to do really good in the first first hour. So I'd say if you find that shad spawn, you're, you know, you're going to be set. So look for that. And that would be my tip for the day. That's awesome. And and one question to go with that. First thing in the morning, shad spawn. You find some shad. They're spawning. You're catching fish. How long does that last? I mean, does that last up until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock? I mean, how long do you stay on that bite? It really depends on the sun. Like, if the sun comes out, you know, you want to you want to try to stay around. For obviously, first thing in the morning, it's it you can, you know, you'll find them more places than then later in the day, um, it's all about that shade. So once the sun gets up, if you find some shady banks where they're still spawning, you can, you know, you can catch them all the way up until like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock if the, if it's got shade on the bank. So um, anywhere where that, where there's low light conditions is where they're going to be spawning most of the time. So if you just find those shady areas, you can, and especially if it's a cloudy day, you can catch them pretty good a lot longer. So just finding that lower light is uh, mainly the key. Awesome, man. Well, this week's Coosa Talapusa tip of the day is brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors. They can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat services on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified 
technicians. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama, 35907, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. Tucker, man, I appreciate you, buddy. Love having you on here. Uh, just I wish you continued success uh, with the Auburn fishing team and uh, War Eagle to you there, buddy. And just keep 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 catching a man and look forward to having you back on here again very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, War Eagle. War Eagle, buddy. Take care. Talk to you later. All right. I'll talk to you later. See you, man. See you. Awesome job, Tucker, man. We love having that young guy on here, and uh, man, he this uh, I love love having these fishing team guys on. These college guys, they they got a lot of knowledge and they fish hard, and uh, I'm just impressed at how well spoken some of them are. So thanks for Tucker, uh, for being on here, and hey, let's go right on up north for the Gunnelsville Report with Alex Davis. Alex, how you doing, my friend? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, I understand. I know you're a turkey hunter too. So before we get into talking about fishing, let's talk about turkey hunting because uh, that's definitely one of my passions, probably about as much as anything. So how's your season been so far? It's been good. Uh, I've shot two. My dad shot two. So it's been pretty, uh, pretty, we hunt together. So it's not like we're hunting separate. We hunt together. So it's been a pretty eventful season. A lot of turkeys have, we've had, some come right to us and then uh, the last few we've killed they won't they never gobble just all of a sudden you see one just kind of periscoping up over logs in the woods which is pretty fun to me it's it's really matching wits with them man i tell you it's, it's uh it's been a trying year for me it's i got a place the turkeys just don't act right i mean they just don't act right uh and some places are like that and some turkeys are like that but I got one big old boss turkey. I've been hunting for several years, this same bird. I've managed to call up a couple young birds for my, uh, you know, different birds for two years old, two-year-old birds for my son and his friend. So uh, we've shot some turkeys, but this big joker has got my number, and uh, (laughs) I'm about ready to go in there with an AR and just start shooting, man, just shooting there amongst (laughs) them. He's a a beast. Anyway – Oh, let's talk about fishing, man. How's uh, things at Gunnersville? Gunnersville's been real good. Uh, they they seem like they move up, like they're going to spawn, and then it gets cold. We just keep having like little cold fronts, not big cold fronts, but it seems like it's enough where you can see them on bed one afternoon, and then when the cold front comes through, the next day you go in there and they're not there no more. And then next time it gets a little, you know, gets 70s, 80s again, you go back in there and you see them cruising around. So it's been kind of a a strange spring but the fish are biting pretty decent i mean like a average slow day i guess would be about 20 an average good day would be about 40 so pretty pretty good even slow days are good days it sounds like so that's that's uh encouraging for sure how is the sight fishing on gunners well you know we hear a lot about it on 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 other lakes around the state that maybe have a little bit more clear water i don't think of gunnersville as being a clear water lake uh or body of water but is is the sight fishing i mean you could still do pretty significant amount of it there as well right i don't personally sight fish um the water is just a little too dirty to really be able to like really really sight fish the whole lake i mean there's areas that you can but generally they bed deeper they bed like two and three foot so they're not like a lot of fish that just like 
bed right up against the bank where you can see them. They they spawn out in like the holes in the eelgrass and they spawn offshore. So that's that's kind of a, a unique thing. I tell people, oh yeah, we'll be catching them off the bed today. And they're like, oh, I don't like sight fishing. I'm like, well, we're not going to be sight fishing. And then first place to pull ups out in the middle of nowhere. And they say, well, they don't bed out here. I say, oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> it's more, it's more of a depth range than it is uh, up against the bank to me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you're just going out, you're fishing some, some, some humps and just some flats basically is what you're pulling up on. Yeah. What are you, when you're not, when you're fishing for fish on the bed and you're sight fishing, obviously you, you're kind of looking at the bed, you're targeting it, put your lure in the, where it needs to be, stop it, twitch it, whatever. When you're fishing, like you're talking about, uh, where you're not actually fishing sight fishing, you know, what kind of bait are you using? Kind of how are you fishing it? Is it a slow approach, keeping the zone long as you can? Or are you trying to still get a reaction strike? I just fish slow. I, I just drag baits around, either throwing a jackal flick shake or just as a weightless stick worm. I just kind of just, you know, drag it or hop it around, but still fishing really slow with it. Or I throw a light Texas rig, like a quarter ounce or a three ounce. Um, jackal makes something called a chunk crawl it's just a little bait that's got appendages and i just don't think they like it when it gets near them i feel like they just they think it's some kind of a crawdad or just something trying to get in their bed so main thing is just fish slow they don't really react to uh any kind of baits like chatter baits and rattle traps you when they're spawning it seems like they just let them things go but something dragging something drug right in front of their bed like they can't stand it yeah yeah they got to get it out of there now are you staying on is that kind of the the way you're fishing uh the majority of the day or is that something you're doing first thing in the morning then moving maybe and fishing some different techniques or different areas really that's that's to me how i fish pretty much all day i might mix in a top water like a buzz bait or a, a pop r in the morning mm-hmm. um it seems like you get some of the more aggressive fish that's shallow that are the garden garden nests they seem like they bite top water first thing but when the sun comes up i'm just dragging plastic slow it's, it's an easy way to fish on a guide trip it's not something that's super super technical i mean pretty much if you can cast and feel when one tries to swim with your lure you're gonna you're gonna do just fine right now in gunnersville there you go when you're looking for a place that you're gonna go do that you know, and let's back up to kind of the areas that you're fishing. Are you are you going like up in like the backs of creeks? Uh, are you out in the main lake on flats? I mean, what kind of area? Or is it just a depth thing? You're just looking for a certain depth because you know that's where fish are going to be. And you're just going to that area and, and starting to fish. I mean, Gunner, I, I guess what I'm asking is this a... Gunnersville's a big body of water. Somebody that maybe has not fished like that, maybe not as familiar is going to go up there what are what are they looking for to find the areas like that it's more of just a depth thing i mean from one end of the lake they spawn it's not like there's like uh you know oh you got to fish in south saudi or oh you got to fish at goose pond i mean it's pretty much if you put your boat in and you put your troll motor down and you fish in two to three foot of water either that be a hump or you know that be up shallow in the pocket you're going to catch fish. They, they, you can't not. I think the, the reason and the, I, I get people say, man, I fished Gunner's Hole for four days and I ain't caught nothing. But I say, yeah, you probably run around and fish fast. 
you know, a lot of people, you want to cover a lot of water because you think that's the best way to catch fish, which that's a great way most of the time. Now, it's just with them being on bed, you have to slow down. So you really can't cover water like normal. Yeah. When they get off the bed, you can go back to doing that. But right now, while they're on the bed, you better keep that lure in the in, in the zone. Yeah, exactly. So you've got the creature bait. Is that basically all that you're throwing is, is the soft plastics? Or I guess you said you're throwing a little bit of top water too, though, a little buzz bait and a pop R type stuff. Man, that's a fun way to, that's a fun way to catch them. Yeah, it's, I'm mainly just fishing plastics and it doesn't really matter what kind. Like a, it could be a creature bait. It could be uh, like a speed crawl. It could be a weightless stick worm. You just, what, main thing is just get it near one. Get it in his bed. You get it in his bed. You're gonna probably catch him. That's and you're gonna catch him. Not. Just throw something green, pumpkin, or watermelon. There you go. What about the shad spawn up there? When will that? When are, is that happening already, or is is that down the road just a little bit at Gunnersville? I think it's down the road a couple of weeks. I haven't seen it yet. They usually pick. You want the water to be sixty-eight, seventy. It's always around the like four twenty, right in that week. I've always just kind of it's earth day that's usually the week it always happens so probably about another week away two weeks away seems like we've had kind of a delayed spring so we're probably two weeks away now but it's it's right around the corner now when that happens you'll 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 completely change right or will you still stay on some of these bedding fish doing what you're doing now or will you predominantly go to the shad oh i'll, I'll go straight to the shad spawn because it happens every morning so you get about two three hours of it so that's when you switch over throwing the uh, square bills and spinner baits, chatter baits, just anything that's trying to mimic a shad. So right. yeah, that's it. It's right around the corner. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the guy we had on Tucker Smith on the, on the segment before you, he's, he's the guy that he's on the Auburn fishing team and uh three time high school national championship, which is per champion, which is amazing. He won it three years in a row, but He's fishing you fall a lot right now, Logan Martin, Lake Martin, and he said in those southern lakes, they're, uh, he, that's what he's fishing right now. He said that's what he, they're doing every day is they're chasing the shad spawn right now. So that's already happened. It's, it's amazing in Alabama, you know, how we can have the southern lakes that are fishing totally different than the northern lakes just in the same state right now. But I guess they're, I guess they're already doing it in some of the lakes down that's south. So. Yeah, I mean they're they're you gotta think they're also a lot warmer, so they're usually a few weeks ahead of us. Right. Yeah, good stuff, man. Well, uh, man, if you are going to give a tip of the day for Gunnersville, what would your tip be? Slow down. Absolutely slow down. I see uh see way too many people fishing way too fast right now. If you just slow down, you put a lot more fish in the boat. Awesome tip, man. This week's Gunnersville River tip of the day is brought to you by southeastern pond management if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond then i know you want to get the most out of it as possible we all want to manage and grow big deer on our place so why not grow the biggest most healthy fish possible as well give norman a call at southeastern pond management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up southeasternpondmanagement.com and 
They do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and the Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, these guys do it all and they do it well. It's what they do for a living. So they're really good at it. Alex, man, awesome. Appreciate you being on here. Uh, sounds like you're catching fish. You always are catching fish, though, so that's no surprise. If somebody wants to book a trip, come up, get in a boat with you, learn how you're doing this, whether it's now the way you're fishing for the for the bedding fish or whether it's in a few weeks for the shad spawn. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Alex? Uh, you can send me an email at spinnerbaitkid at gmail.com, or you can send me a text message or call me on my cell phone. That's 256-298-1178. Uh, or you can get on my website, spinnerbaitkid.com has all the info there. So just uh, look on my website, give me a call. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, guys, y'all reach out to Alex and uh, go up there and get in the boat with him in Gunnersville. He will uh, put you on the fish, I guarantee you. Alex, thanks for being on, man. Look forward to having you on uh, again very soon. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Another awesome report from Gunnersville. Sounds like the fishing is good up there right now. I don't know about you guys, listeners, but uh, – 20 fish on a bad day, uh, 40 fish on a good day. I'll take that. That's not a bad day. 20 fish is still a good day to me. But uh, so, hey, it's exciting. Things are getting good. And uh, let's go south. Let's go for segment three. Let's go to the further south in the state to you follow West Point report with Ken Bearden on West Point Lake. Ken, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm I'm doing good, man. It's turned out to be a really good spring down here on West Point. Well, man, tell me all about it. I can't wait. What you catching? How you catching them? All that kind of good stuff. Well, we we quit large uh, fishing for the stripers the first of March, and um, they start you know up the river. So I just normally just stop that and start bass fishing totally. And the month of March was awesome pre-spawn time. You know, a lot of fish moving getting in on points and stuff like that and let's catch them on Carolina rigs and dirt baits all kinds of stuff like that and then you know that that kind of progressive the closer they get to bed and the less they want to like come out and chase stuff you know and so where we're at right now is uh they're in that protective mode where they're protective over the bed area or either they're protective over the fry and then you still have a few that are moving up that haven't spawned. It, you know, it, it's been like an open border out there. I mean, they just keep coming, you know, and there ain't nothing you can do but keep casting, you know, and catching them. But, I, you know, I had, a, I had a gentleman from Noonan, Georgia, up above Noonan, who listened to your show, who hired me about three weeks ago. That's awesome. And, yeah, and him and his wife uh, came down and uh, hired me and, I showed him some techniques how I catch them, and so they they started. They've been coming every three or four times a week, and he actually just texted me like ten minutes ago that uh, they came down today. Uh, didn't get here to about eleven, but they caught uh, like twenty two in just a few hours. Wow! Um, right now, right now the fish are like I said, they're in several different stages, and it's always like that. They'll start bedding earlier, you know down the lake and then it progresses to the midsection and the upper end is the last batch to go on bed and spawn so right now if you just take a weightless pearl white fluke super fluke and just jerk it with slack in your line 
where it can dart back and forth, the fish will find you. I mean, they will come out and eat it, you know. And you still use that to find fish that are on bed. They'll come up and roll at it and not eat it. But then you, you put your power poles down and you fish for a minute and look, you know, look for the fish. And sometimes you just have to stop fishing, just, you know, sit there and look. And eventually you'll see her chase a brim away or something. And um, that's when you start pitching that fluke in that area and get her to move in and see where she comes back to every time. And that's where her bed's going to be at. Our, our fish got, we really just now introduced Florida strain into our population of bass here in West Point. They've been doing a stocking program the last uh, four years, I think, and the last two or three years, they were doing 85% Florida and 20% northern strain. So in the past, we've always had northern strain in here, and they don't sweep out a real big bed like a Florida bass does. In Florida bass, they'll sweep out a bed like a, looks like a tire, you know, right. fish. The, the northern strain, you, you, it's really hard to find a bed. It, you, there won't be a light spot much at all. You know, they do very little sweeping. And so you really have to have a good set of polarized glasses. I, I, I use, you know, like pure glass lens. And um, you, re- you really have to slow down and look for them. First. And, and get close to the bank. That's one mistake a lot of fishermen make is they don't get right up on top next to the bank you know I'll, I'll get next to the bank and then just throw straight in front of me and then i'm looking as right. i go down i'm not watching my bait i'm just looking down the, you know, on the bottom there and you'll see one move and just keep going just pick out something on the bank you know that catches your eye and then go on and then loop around to her and then set up on her where you can see her and she can't see you most time you can catch them on that pearl white fluke. I had a six pounder Monday that was it. T- I threw that fluke and throwed it, and she nosed down on it a couple times, but mostly she'd just swim away from it. And I finally swapped to a little crawfish bait and throwed it in there. She immediately ran over there, flared her gills at it, and then turned. So I winded in, throw it back. And she comes right back to the bed, and I drag it in there, and she ate it. So, you know, you got to be a little bit flexible. But um, the pearl white fluke is really, I mean, I got 17 packs of them in my, you know, in my box right now. I, I'll start buying them in February. Every time I go in the tackle store, I get a couple packs because I know, you know, this time of year is coming. Right. And it's going to. This is going to keep going. I mean, they're going to keep eating it uh, for the next three or four weeks. And I love fishing a fluke. I love fishing a fluke. I, it would be if if somebody made me only take one lure with me. Oh, God, man, that, that that it'd just be hard for me not to have that somewhere in those in the top three at least of what I would take, just because you can fish it fast. You can fish it slow. You can fish it on top. You can fish it down deeper. Uh, it's a very versatile and very realistic bait when you're popping it through the water. It's uh, I love oh, a yeah. fluke fish. Yeah, it. You know, when you if you if you pop it and you leave about two feet of slack, it will kind of dart back and forth, and you can just 
hop your slack upward and make it kind of sit there and, and it, the nose will flare up and then it ease yep. out and then you pop it again. It's almost in, setting in place, but the nose is popping up and down and uh, you do a lot of different things with it. Uh, and it, it looks like it's eating fry. It triggers that instinct, a protective instinct of a bass to, mm. to get that out, get, you know, take that out because it's a threat to their, to their fry, which is what really makes it special this time of year, you know, but a little bit of history on that. I was living on Pickwick Lake when the flute came out in somewhere around 1990 and it was, um, you know, 20 or 30 feet to get that thing. I mean, it was crazy. But the guy at the tackle store, everybody that walked in, I mean, he had like three or four packs laying on the table. Everybody he walked in, he told them about it. And, you know, the next thing you know, everybody's throwing it. And so it got a little bit harder over the years. But during this period, uh, you know, it, they're kind of like a deer in the rut, you know. It's a threat to them, and, and, and they're going to eat it, you know. I have caught a few on top water here and there, you know. If you're out there first thing in the morning, you know, a top water can work. And then the the shad are starting to spawn here. So, you know, we're going to, we're going early in the morning. So we're going to be looking for shad spawn. Because it, it happens the same every year. You know, your crappy come in first and spawn. And as they're finishing up, the bass come in and start spawning. And then as they're finishing up, the bass shad come in and start spawning and then as the sheds are finishing up your bluegill which you're in about the first of may then your mm-hmm. bluegill will start spawning and then in june your catfish spawn so when the- you're first getting there and you're on and you're seeing the shad spawning a little bit are you changing your lures to more like a a shad imitation like a spinnerbait or uh chatterbait or, or something along those lines or are you staying with the flute there too when I'm when I'm on the shad spawn, I will swap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw the flute. The flute will work, but you really want to cover a little. You want you want it coming through there more because they're back in that chasing mood. Yeah, when they're eating those uh, around those shad spawns. So then you can throw. You got a variety of baits. You know, your top water and your chatter baits, your spinner baits, your Alabama rigs. Uh, you know, all those kind of things. But then that's only going to last for an hour. You're lucky if you get an hour and a half out of the shad spawn, and then it's kind of done. And then that's when you you want to go back to just going down the bank, the good-looking banks with with the fluke and just jerking it around. And what I uh, Tuesday, what I noticed, I went to a different area Tuesday and went just going in big pockets, and you could fish down the left side which had some slope to it and when it was facing north and you wouldn't you fish the whole thing and not get a bite and you swap to the other side which is the flat side and it's facing south and there'd be fish randomly up and down that stretch eating and then some were on bed you know because it's it's on the south side it's facing south so the sun's on it all day long Hmm. you know that's one thing i you know i kind of picked up on on tuesday yeah it's warmer and it's got that sun all day long on it yeah i like uh, that well let me let me ask you about you so on the on the stocking program last four years you said you've been 85 percent or 80 percent florida 
and then still 20% of the northern, why not all Florida? Well, we've been in a lot of meetings with the DNR about just too many stripers in here and and not doing anything for the bass. I mean, they've never, since they've back to Lake Up, they've never stocked any bass. But, you know, we, we've counted up 17 million stripers that they put in here. And so we was, you know, in pretty heated meetings with them about that. And uh, they just would not come off of putting any large strain in here. And I'm, and, you know, we're in a room, we got the mayor, we finally got the mayor and the chamber of commerce and the city council and the newspaper and the DNR and everybody in the room, you know, in there. And so, you know, it came to my turn, you know, to speak. And I'm like, you know, what's, what's your problem putting some Florida strain in this lake? You know, and I said, Alabama started doing it in 1980, you know, full start they was using 100% Florida strain. They wasn't using a cross or anything. And uh, he said, well, we, we have the world record, you know, strain here in, in Georgia, and we don't want to mess that up. I said, well, you, you may have the world record strain, but nobody's calling here wanting to buy your world record strain, you know, of, of bass. So everybody buys the Florida bass. Texas buys it. Louisiana, Louisiana buys it. Tennessee buys it. Right. Alabama buys it. But you're not doing. If you you got it, you got this great thing you claim. Well, why don't you use it? You know. So he starts after that meeting. He starts doing some stocking, but he's stocking some fingerlings that come from around Savannah, Georgia. You know. So and he's doing it when the crappie are up spawning, and and they're about the size of your thumbnail. So we complain about that, you know, and then. He's like, well, I'm not fooling with y'all anymore. If you want to talk to me, you talk to my boss in Savannah. So we called down there, and this, his boss is like, look, everything he does is wrong, you know, in y'all's eyes. You know, he he, he tries to do something, and, and y'all complain about this. You know? and, and we're like, yeah, we complain about it when you're stuck in fingerling boat ramp, you know. I said, the survival rate is going to be extremely low, and um uh, and we want some Florida strain in here. So we eventually convinced them. And, and now they've been going out in the wintertime when the water's low and cutting down trees and pulling them out. And then once the water gets up on those trees, um, they bring in fingerlings that are inch or inch and a half long and Good. take them out, letting, letting the fishermen come in their boat with a cooler. And they'll only give you 10. You can get 10. And you go into one of these places where we put the cover at and release those 10 into the to the uh, trees and stuff. And then you can go back and get 10 more. You can do that till they run out. So I, cool. and that's a good I'm way to do thinking, it. Yeah, it is. You know, the best I ever seen was Mark's Outdoors deal they had on Lay Lake. You know, of course, that tournament, you know, they had had to cut it off at 500 boats, you know, and everybody that went out took a bag of fingerlings with them and released them at their first stop. And, you know, what a great way to that do went it. On. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that went on for probably 15 years and then they moved it to Logan Martin and done it for about three years. And then I think the gentleman that owned Mark's outdoors passed away and then they, they quit doing it after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you got to cut it off at 500, 
500 boats that want to participate in something like that. I mean, you got a good thing, you know, you got a good thing. That's right. Well, in the, in the four years that y'all, you said four years, right. That y'all been stuck in Florida. Yeah. Well, or about that, uh, but I know the last two we have, maybe the last three. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering if you had started seeing, uh, you know, seeing a difference yet and and catching some, or or if it's still too, too early to, to really see the results of that yet. I think some of the first batch that they stocked, they drained the lake in, down in South Georgia. Now, these were, didn't have any Florida strain in them, but they were 8 to 10 inches long, and they put all those at the Yellow Jacket access. And I think they pretty much all lived under that first bridge all summer long, you know, because you, you could go there and – they would just be blowing up on shad and stuff and you catch them and they'd, they'd be eight to 10. Well, then the next year they're, you know, 12 and 13. So a lot of those now in that first batch were, were getting bigger and, and I'm catching a lot of, a lot more largemouth that are eight to 10 inches long. So there's some surviving, you know, I mean, everything else survives, the crappy survive, you know, right. and, even the stripes stuff when they put them in their their small fingerlings, so they're they're going to make an impact. They're they're going to survive. It just needs more cover, really. There's a lot of deep cover. There's a lot tons of standing timber out in the lake, but it's all very deep and um, not fishable. Yeah, when when nobody's catching that night, I'm sure that's where the fish is at. You know, right. So we just need we need more shallow type cover. That's a big undertaking, but it sounds like you, you know, mm-hmm. the good thing is you're catching fish. I mean, you're catching good numbers and you're catching some quality fish and uh, the fishing at West Point's good and, and sounds to be, sounds like it's getting better and better uh, again. So that's a, that's a positive. Yeah. We had um, the third week of March is always a hot week on the lower end. We had a boy, him and his partner weighed in uh, five, but weighed 26 pounds. Dang. Uh, year before, year before, there was uh, two boys uh, weighed in tw- twenty-seven pounds. It's a lot. It's a lot of good, you know, good fishing starting the third week of March all the way through till it gets really hot in June. You know, we had the Elite Series come twice, and both times they came the first weekend in May, and you know the fish were postponed, had lost their body weight, and you know just mythologic and stuff and so i asked the lady from the chamber i said why did y'all pick for them who pick, who chose for them to come first of may and you know and she's like well you know we can, we had the first of april the first of may or first of june and and uh, we thought you know the first of may the lake's you know almost full and you know everything's turning green so we just thought it'd be a pretty time to have it and i'm like well, you know, you just, you pick the worst time to have it for fishing. You know, I said, if, if you would have had this the first week of April, you, you would have seen 25, 28, maybe even 30 pound bags weighed in. And even in June, when the fish get on the road beds and the structure and, and stuff like that, you would saw bigger bags. But the first of May, I mean, you got Gerald Swindle going across the stage with, with one fish that weighs a pound and three ounces, you know, I said, goodness gracious, that, that, uh, yeah, that don't look good. I said, and it's all just because of the time of year that y'all pick. You should have asked somebody who fishes a lot, you know, and knows the lake. But 
Well, and you're exactly right. And you know, if you're if you're over that deal, and you know that you're going to have these guys coming in, it's going to be on TV, it's going to be all over social media. That's revenue for the for the community, uh, for people coming in to fish. If they see if they see people tearing it up and catching big stringers, they're going to want to come fish and be part of that. Transversely. If you have it the wrong time of the year and you see Gerald with one fish come across the stage, you're like, well, I ain't going to West Point. Mm-hmm. So it works. Yeah, the second year, Pete Reese won it, and it was a four-day event. He has like 43 pounds total. Wow. It's like, yeah. Of course, I told him, I've done a television uh, show with him here before the event, uh, kind of promoting it on, on our local stations. and. They asked me how I thought the tournament, you know, would go, and I said, "Well, you know, the the fish are going to be in post spawn, and uh, they they've lost their body weight from not eating much during that period and losing their eggs, and, and the male garden to fry and not not eating much." And, and I said, "And if it forecasting a lot of rain, and if if the lake starts rising, it's going to be really tough because that's rising water spooks these fish for some reason." And and it does, they do. And that tournament, man, you know, it was extremely tough. I mean, the water it was rained for like a week straight, and then rained the whole time they were here. Oh man! And because um, I can even think back to the first year, it, it was it was pretty good the first year, even though it was postponed. But the chamber stuff got the core to back the lake up some they, they're all worried about the water being low you know making the lake look bad and stuff for tv you know and so they talked the core into raising the water like get it up starting about three days before the tournament started start raising the water up and i remember bobby lane talking about how terrible his practice was but then he had a really good tournament and it takes those so, fish a few days to adjust. Yeah, well, see, during practice, the water was rising that whole time. And then when it leveled off, the fish went back to their normal thing. And, you know, they was able to catch them, but no, nobody was catching anything in practice. And that's kind of always been the, the history of this lake with rising water with me. Yeah. Yeah, well, every lake's different. West Point is definitely a lot different than any of our other lakes in Alabama, uh, and all of them are different. But um, but 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 West Point can be a challenge, and that's why it's so important for people to that may want to come up there and fish and may not know the lake really well or know how to fish it to to get it with somebody like you that can take them out and and uh, on a day trip and. And uh, just like the guys from Noonan you was talking about that, that came over, I mean, they come in, they, they book a trip with you, they learn how to fish you follow, then they come back and they, and they have success on their own. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to give a tip of the day for right now, if somebody was going to, to come up and go fishing here in the next couple of days, what would your you follow West Point tip of the day be? Yeah, try and figure out the best area. Like I said, you divide your lake into in the you got your lower end, your middle, and your upper. So you want to hit the fish that are, are just moving up, or 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 they're already up there. If you went down the lake, you're going to be dealing with post spawn fish, and going to be a little bit tougher. Some of them's pulled out and suspending, recovering. So right like right now, the the middle part of the lake uh, is good from like Highland Marina area 
down to the railroad trussle and even up to Liberty Hill and all the little pockets and stuff. But the, the key is, to me the last few days is staying on that trolling motor uh, and getting up close on the bank where I can see uh, a fish swirl at my bait or either I see a fish on the bed. So it's, my tip would be to, you know, to cover a lot of water so that you can figure out what stage, you know, the fish are in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find out where they're at and then slow down and, and, and catch them. Yeah. I mean, once you find them, you know, you can, uh, there's, I went through one pocket and I probably caught 15 spotted bass, you know, I mean, it was just every time, I mean, it hit the water, boom, you'd have it, you know, that's and that's awesome. after I, I speed it up, you know, but, but you'll hit, and then you'll hit another stretch and you just don't catch anything. So, you know, there's no point in fishing it slow, you know, when you get on them, they're going to eat it, you know, so you keep moving, keep moving and keep casting and, and they'll tell you when they're there. That's a great tip, Ken. Well, this week's You Follow West Point Tip of the Day is brought to you by Sun South. From outdoors equipment, parts, service, accessories, Sun South has you covered. On the best for less, visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. Sun South for those that do. Well, Ken, man, I appreciate you jumping on and uh, and sharing information with us today. If somebody does want to come and, and book a trip with you, learn West Point, learn how to catch these fish and how you do it, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you, Ken? You can go on uh, KenBeardandFishing.com, and um, a, a lot of people send me email through there. You can email me at KenWithVFO.com at gmail.com uh you go on facebook uh ken beard fishing and do it through messenger that way and then of course i I still doing the veterans fishing organization i actually had a veteran who listens to your show who drove from huntsville alabama down here we had a great day of fishing he had a great time in and he told me, he said, man, I heard you on that podcast, you know, and so I went on, I went on your website, vfohome.org and signed up. And, uh, man, that's awesome. So I, yeah, yeah, it is. That's I, encouraging I, I a, to hear for me that 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 you that you got listeners calling you and 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 veterans calling you. That's that's exciting. So thank you to all your listeners that are doing that. That's great. Yeah, we're we're having a take a veteran fishing day, uh, April the twenty fourth here on West Point Lake out of Highland. Uh, Pines Marina. Right now, I've got, I think I've got not 18 or 19 veterans signed up, and I've got 15 boaters, 15 or 16 boaters. One, one is a con- center console, so he's going to take two or three in his, and he's going to be crappy fishing. So we're going to be having that event on the 24th uh, from daylight till one o'clock, and then I, we got a guy coming to cook food for them and uh, we got trophies for biggest spot largemouth crappy and striper and uh, and then we're gonna have a ton of door prizes you know a wrap kind of raffle to help us keep taking veterans out it's five dollars a ticket and uh, if anybody wants to just donate make a donation to our, you know go on our website vfo uh, as in veterans fishing organization vfohome.org and just, you know, read the story behind why we started the thing, what we do, and uh, you can donate on there. It's a 
it's been a life changing experience for me uh, working with these guys. You know, I've got a, I've got a World War Two 91 year old veteran who read an article about us in the paper here. I talked to his his granddaughter yesterday, and we're going to be getting him out there. That's awesome. He, that's yeah. awesome. That'd be a good day in the boat to hear some stories from that guy for sure. Well, Kim, man, I appreciate it. And, and, and man, I, I, you, you're, a, you're, a, you're a good American and I love what you're doing for the veterans and, um, and, and getting them out and fishing. And, man, hats off to you for, for the effort you put out in that. And I know it's a lot of work, but we, we definitely hats off to you for that. And uh, so, guys, give Ken a call. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're a veteran and you're listening, you, you want to get involved in this, or if you're somebody that wants to support what he's doing, uh, go onto his website and, and, and find out more about it and find out how you can be a part of it or, or donate. And, um, Kim, man, we appreciate you. And I look forward to having you on the show again soon, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much. Good Thank you, buddy. All y'all. A- absolutely, man. Right. Take care and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Awesome segment. Oh, love having this guy on and love what he does, you know, not just for the fishing industry and fishing in West Point area, but for the veterans, man. I mean, it's just an awesome deal and, and, and it's a special deal. And it's, it's you know, we, we, we love hearing guys that give back and Ken definitely does that. So uh, thanks to Ken. Thanks to all the guests today. And that is going to be a wrap for the show this week. Please subscribe, rate, and drop us a review. Hey, we love reviews, especially if they're good ones. Uh, just drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do that each and every week as well. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 646-495-9867, and we will email you the show each and every week. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck out there. Talk to you next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And these guys know how to grow big. And brought to you by Sun South from outdoor equipment, parts, services, accessories. Sun South has you covered on the best for less. Visit Sun South or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. Sun South for those that do. And brought to you by Bucks Island is a family owned and operated business since 1948. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass pontoon bow rider style boats new and used motors as well as kayaks for sale give them a call at 256-442-2588 and brought to you by brian sand with national land realty you already trust me with your fishing report so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well just give me a call at 601-383-2344